This is the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman. Brought to you by Decisions in Dentistry and the Academy of Dental CPAs. Whether it's taxes, investing, or planning wisely, Art is your guide to make your dental practice as profitable as possible. Here's your host, Dental CPA, Art Wiederman. And hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management. I'm your host, Art Wiederman. I'm a dental-specific CPA located in Southern California. It was a little gloomy here in Southern California today. We didn't have as much sun as we did yesterday, but it's still pretty nice here. Uh, we're approaching the summertime. I'm recording tonight uh, on Sunday, uh, June the 28th. So we are uh, we're in summer. It's uh, summer's about a week uh, a week uh, into we're about a week into summer, and we're about uh, we're about three and a half months into the COVID nineteen pandemic. And tonight it's just you and you and I. Uh, we're going to talk about the five most important things that you need to do, in my humble opinion, in order to bring your practice back. And the most important things are that they're big 35,000 foot view things, uh, but you can't hear it enough. And, and I'm going to share with you some of the things I'm hearing from my doctors and what I'm hearing from consultants. And there's a lot of good news out there. And folks, with, with everything you hear on the news, I mean, you get to the point sometimes you just need to turn the news off. You just need to stop listening to all the things on the news. It, it just becomes so redundant. And focus on your life and your family and your patients and your team uh, and, and and the four walls of your dental office. And um, my clients that have done that, and I've had them tell me that, uh, that they're just, you know, they're just doing what they do, what they do best. And, um, you know, the interesting thing is, um, and I'm going to share with you some statistics here in a minute about what the ADA says as far as dental offices coming back. But a lot of my clients are saying to me, you know, Art, you know, I, I've put new procedures into my office. Uh, I mean, I started, I started doing Invisalign and I started using, uh, CAD CAM. Well, this this isn't quite that simple, but it's just another set of procedures uh, and things we do in the office. And and what I'm hearing a lot of is we're getting better at it. We're getting faster at it. We're getting more efficient at it. Um, is it the most comfortable thing to be wearing all the gear? No. But you know what? It's a people business. And I'm also hearing from a lot of doctors that they're getting phone calls from their patients saying, you know, so-and-so, my neighbor went to the dentist and they just said that you guys are, that nothing has changed. So I'm coming in and I'm hearing that too. So tonight, like I say, we're going to talk about the five most important things, in my opinion, that you need to focus on uh, to be successful coming back and opening your dental office. So let me give you some information first, as I always do. Uh, if you would like to get a hold of me in my office in Tustin, California, uh, or right now at my office at home, uh, if you call our office at uh, 714-505-9000, 
uh, you will get through to me by ringing through my computer and assuming that I remember to turn the soft send button on my computer that I can get phone calls, which I'm getting much better at. Uh, you can call me if you have any questions. Uh, send me an email. I am, again, I'm answering everybody's questions. It is really a, a mission of mine because I know on all this uh, PPP stuff that's going on and all the EIDL loans, I'm going to keep bringing you the updates right until – Right until we're done with this thing, which may be by the time I reach Social Security age. Who knows uh, the way it's going. Um, I was giving a webinar the other night uh, to a, a, a group uh, that was put together by two specialists here in Orange County. And it was, uh, we were going to start at 6.30, and it's 5.30. Uh, my, my new best friend, Megan Mortimer, who's been on our podcast, who's the congressional lobbyist from the American Dental Association, she sends me a text. She says, Art, Art, we have another pronouncement. So I now have about 45 minutes to read it. And the good news is that if you happen to be a commercial fishing boat owner, the SBA has put out guidance on how your PPP loan works. There you go. And, you know, what can I tell you? Uh, they didn't put anything a whole lot new out. So we'll, we'll share a little bit about that with you in a minute. So again, you know, 714-505-9000, artweederman at gmail.com. Um, and, uh, you can send me emails. I will answer your questions. I'll do my best. Um, I will, uh, if you tell me where you're from, I'll refer you to one of our wonderful members of the Academy of Dental CPAs. Uh, if you are not working with a dental specific CPA, you need to be doing that now more than ever. And we're going to talk a little bit about that tonight too. Um, www.adcpa.org. Uh, click on find a member and go to the members, uh, list in your, you go to the state in your area, click on the state and we got you covered. I am in Southern California. So if you're in Orange or Los Angeles, Riverside, San Bernardino, Ventura, Kern County, if I missed any counties, I'm sorry. Um, give me a call. We'll be happy to help you. We've been helping lots and lots of dentists through this maze of, uh, alphabet soup, PPP and EIDL. Uh, go to our uh, great partners website, Dis uh, Decisions in Dentistry, www.decisionsindentistry.com. Uh, they have a phenomenal, phenomenal magazine with clinical content and up-to-date information on COVID and a world-class advisory board and world-class authors of articles of people that's a who's who in dentistry, www.decisionsindentistry.com. So I'm going to give you some updates first. There's not a whole lot of updates here uh, at the end of June on the the PPP loans. They did give us one bit of guidance that we didn't know is that, uh, uh, as you know, you can use the um, PPP uh, uh, money for 24 weeks now instead of eight weeks if you want. And But if you decide that you've had enough of this PPP stuff, uh, who hasn't? I've had enough of it, but we got to keep going. So if you decide that you uh, have had enough of this, you can file for forgiveness early in the game. So maybe you've spent all your money in 15 weeks. Uh, if you, you know, then you can file for forgiveness, but you have to be very careful because you have to annualize, annualize out some of these calculations to 24 weeks. So, you know, if you're, uh, if you're getting antsy about it, that's fine. But, you know, as long as you feel that you're going to have your staff back, uh, and you've paid them pretty much what you were paying them back in February, and maybe you meet some of the exceptions, 
you should be getting full forgiveness of this loan, as we've talked about before. A um, couple other things I wanted to point out to you tonight, and let me pull this up on my computer. Delta Dental made an interesting announcement this week, and what they said was that um, basically they are temporarily, I'm reading off of uh, Delta Dental's website, that's uh, important COVID-19 updates and resources for dentists. Now, this is here in California, so I'll just read it to you. To help you deliver valuable care to your patients, Delta Dental is temporarily offering a $10 supplemental reimbursement for each qualifying evaluation or consultation code starting June 22nd, which was last week. The return to care reimbursement program will be available for a limited time. Now, they don't say what limit it is. Uh, and it's available for most all of their programs, um, excluding Medi-Cal Dental, CDPHP, New York Medicaid, HSCSN, Washington, D.C. Medicaid. Uh, your Delta Care USA facility with capitation agreement. Uh, you submit your Delta Care USA encounter form. Uh, when treating a Delta Care USA enrollee, and they'll add $10 to the encounter. I guess they call it encounter fee. They call it an encounter fee uh, during the processing. Uh, for other dentist networks, including Dental Care USA without a capitation agreement, and this also includes uh, Delta Premier, Delta Dental PPO, which are the uh, programs that most of our doctors who are contracted with Delta are participating in. For the other dental networks, the reimbursement will be provided when you submit a claim. Uh, and here are the codes, folks. And it, it, it's right there on their website. Uh, DO120, DO140, DO145, DO150, DO160, DO170, DO180, DO190, DO191, D8660, D9310, and D9430. Now, Here's the most interesting sentence of the whole article. It says, please do not submit code D1999, which is what we thought we were going to be using, to receive this temporary supplemental reimbursement. Any charge for sterilization slash infection control is not billable under any Delta dental plan and cannot be charged to patients. I just report the news, folks. So, you know, we'll be talking about PPOs and all that stuff as part of my uh, uh, my talk tonight. So that that's one thing I wanted to tell you about. The other thing is we got some good news from Congress that we think is going to happen. We don't know. Um, basically, Congress came up uh, have uh, they have proposed a twenty five thousand uh, dollar tax credit for PPE equipment. Now we're talking. Uh, N95 masks, gowns, uh, face coverings. Uh, we're talking the equipment, uh, the sanitation equipment that you're purchasing, um, uh, you know, the UV stuff. All this stuff is going to be subject to a, hopefully, a tax credit. So we would recommend that you keep very close track of your PPP expenses. Uh, $25,000 for a small practice is a lot of money to spend. 
Um, but you can, you know, you can go through that depending on what equipment you buy. I've got doctors who bought ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollar pieces of equipment for sanitation of their offices. Um, you know, so uh that could be a really good deal. And remember, a tax credit is better than a tax deduction. Now you won't get the deduction for those expenses because the government doesn't like you to double dip. In other words, it's not fair to give you a credit and a deduction. We'll give you the credit but you don't get the deduction. So instead of saving 25000 in taxes, and remember, a tax credit is a dollar-for-dollar dollar reduction of your income tax liability as opposed to a deduction where you get the tax benefit if you're in a 30% tax bracket, just pull a number out of the air, and you get a $25,000 deduction, you save 7500 in taxes. If you get a $25,000 credit, you save 25000 But you lose the deduction. So the benefit's about, you know, two-thirds of the credit, but it's still really, really nice. So we do hope that that goes through. Um, again, that's a, that's got bipartisan support from all of Congress. And, and then just some statistics from, uh, uh, Marco at the ADA, um, from the uh, HPI, the, um, uh, the group that does all of the statistics, the ADA Health Policy Institute. They do a great job. So as of the week of March 15th, uh, you know, they, they, they polled about 5,000 dentists. We have 163,000 member dentists in the American Dental Association. Um, 97% of dental offices are open for elective care, uh, as opposed to the first week of June, which was 90. So pretty much everybody's open. Um, 3% were, uh, not open for elective procedures. 85% of the dentists have brought pretty much uh, their entire staff back. And that's really good news, folks. Uh, if you remember the, about three weeks ago, the first, um, the, the, the first week that we had job increases as opposed to job decreases when many states opened up for business and a lot of different industries and restaurants and bars and gyms. And, and again, it was up to the state. Um, there were 2.4 million or 2.5 million new jobs. And they're not really new jobs. They're jobs that just happened to come back that were new jobs. They were old jobs as of March 15th. And 10%, 10% of those jobs were in the dental profession. So 10% of the new jobs that came back. I mean, the dental profession is the rock, one of the rocks of our economy. And 62.9% of practices are reporting that they're back with lesser, um, lesser production, which is what we're hearing. We're hearing offices in the first month are opening in the 50 to 70%. I had, I had two clients call me the other day and said, you know, Art, we're, we're, we're just killing it. We got demand coming out of our ears. And, you know, we'll talk about that too. So, um, you know, 62.9% we're saying they're open, but lower patient volume than, than normal. And, um, again, we are, you know, and the ADA is projecting that they're going to see, you know, hopefully by the end of the year, we get you to about 80, 85% of where you were, but you got to get you to the other 15%. And there are practices that are doing that. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. So anyway, that's my news update for the, for the evening. And so I want to go through the five, in my opinion, the five most critical moves that you need to make in reopening your office. I talked to lots and lots of dentists. I talked to my dental CPA friends in the Academy of Dental CPAs. 
And we're hearing really good stories. The people that were contacting their patients, the people that were planning, that were doing CE, that were doing all the things that they needed to do, um, they're excited to be back. Everybody, most everybody is excited to be back. I'm looking on my Instagram feed. I got a lot of dentists on my Instagram feed. And I'm seeing a lot of pictures of teams in their you know, in their new, <laughs> some of them call them spacesuits. I wouldn't call them a spacesuit, but, but uh, in all of their, you know, their their gowns and their N95 masks and their face shields and and all this stuff. And they're all, I mean, you can't tell they're smiling because they're wearing their masks, but you can tell they're, they're happy to be there. Everybody's happy to be back and the patients are happy to be back. So, what are the five most critical things? Let's start with number one, which is always a good place to start. Number one is make a financial plan. And I will tell you that that is, that may be the most important of the five things I talked to you about. Uh, as my late mother, who, uh, God bless her, my mom, Cynthia, would have turned 90 years old on June the 19th. And, um, I constantly thank her for the person that I've become and, um, for, for all the traits that she had. Um, guilt being one of them, but I don't do guilt very well, but she was a wonderful, wonderful lady. And, um, you know, she always said, you know, she taught me that, um, life is a math problem. And that's what we talk about. Life is a math problem. And this is a math problem. So I've been talking from day one, folks, about making a plan and building a war chest and figuring out how much money do you need to get through this? Now, we're all on kind of a, I'm, I'm going to use this term, we're on a kind of a PPP high here. I mean, we've gotten this money. Most of our doctors got this, this, this money and it has been really helpful. Now, some of you spent it. Uh, like I told you, if you wanted the forgiveness and a lot of you didn't spend it. And if you didn't spend it, you're spending it now when your offices are open. You're very, very fortunate in that you're not a restaurant. I mean, these restaurants aren't going to be back at full employment, I'm going to guess, until there's a vaccine and treatments for this thing, whereas you're back to work and you are out 8 to 12 weeks. Uh, there's a lot of industries that are not coming back. I mean, they're, um, you know, today uh, they shut down all the bars in, in six counties in California because we are having some uh, increases in certain areas. Other areas are not. So it's, it's kind of hit and miss. So you got to make a financial plan. You've got to go over the numbers with the team. Now, what I don't want you to do is I don't want you to say, okay, okay, we got to make these numbers so I can get my salary, so I can make my house payment, my car payment. Um, I have some doctors that talk to their teams like that. Doctors, your team, not only do they not care, what your salary is or how much money they make. They know that you make more money than they do, but they don't want to hear it. And you want to tell them and say that, that in order to continue the care that we need to provide and in order to get back to where we were, uh, which is going to take some time, these are the things we need to do. So what I want you to do, and I have a six month spreadsheet that if you, um, Email me at artwiederman at gmail.com. I'll get to you. It basically in the first column says, how much money uh, did I produce last year? And we have an example. So it's a million dollar practice. Uh, we get two doctors, 
you don't necessarily need a million, two doctors for a million dollar practice. But I happen to have a, we, we call it the Wiederman and Mortimer because Megan has been, uh, Megan from the ADA has been on all my webinars and she, uh, so, you know, uh, I, I decided to make her a partner in my dental practice. Thank you very much. And so we have two doctors in the practice. Uh, 25% is hygiene, 75% is dental. And, um, and we have all the overhead. We brought all the staff back, uh, the team back. We, we, we got, you know, we've got an extra maybe $50,000 in PPP money. So this spreadsheet allows you to, 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 to put 2019 next to 2020 by month. And then for your first month, which now would be July, you say, okay, you know, for July, I think we're going to collect, I don't know, maybe 60% of what we did last year. Uh, last July or 70% of things are going better. Uh, and then in August, go, we're, we're, our goal is 80% and, uh, or 75%. And in September, October, November, it's 80%. And then in December, yeah, December will be down a little bit, but uh, maybe we'll still shoot for 80%. And then the team has a goal and say, okay, this is what we produced last year. Uh, we did uh, $4,200 a day. So if we want to get to 80% of that, that's about $3,400 a day. And what do we need to do and how can we use the tools that we have, which we're going to talk about? Uh, and then we look at our overhead. See, in a dental office, folks, your overhead is pretty fixed. Your team is there. You know, it's not like building cars where, okay, if I know I'm going to build another 5,000 cars in the factory, I know how many people who put the chassis together and how many put the wheels on there and how many put the, the, the tires on. I know that. But in a dental office, you know, your, your team is your team. Two in the front, two in the back and two hygienists four days a week. That's your team. Um, you know, unless something drastically changes. Uh, the only variable expenses you have in a dental office are your lab and your supplies and maybe a little bit of paper and, and, you know, office expense, but it, it's pretty much, and that's about 15%. So, you know, you, you, you know, the, there's a big difference between doing 80% and doing 90%. And what can we do to get to those numbers? So, but, but first I need to know what the shortfall is going to be. So you sit down with your team, you sit down with your front office administrators and you say, all right, how, how's the office stacking up? How's the schedule looking? And everybody knows how doctor is going to diagnose. And we're going to talk about complete care in a little bit. And, you know, we, we take a shot at this thing and we, we, we play with the numbers and, and my spreadsheet, which is formula, I just leave the numbers in there to show you how it works. You can, you can basically delete all the numbers and use the formulas and expand it or contract it to your heart's desire. Um, and, and in this particular example, this doctor, um, made about 170, uh, $6,000 for six months last year in 2019. And this year, the doctor figures with the PPP money, uh, which is about 40 or 50,000. I, again, it's just an example. Um, they're going to net 110. So they're short 60,000. And from that 60,000, which doesn't include the doctor's compensation, um, they're going to take, uh, you know, in, in my example, I think it was $25,000 of, of salary. So the bottom line is, they were out $45,000 in order to get back to where they were last year. Now, how can we, how can we do that? Well, what's $45,000 divided by six months? That's about uh, $7,500 a month. Break that down by day. Are you working four days a week? Okay. 7,500, um, 
you know, 7,500 divided by 16, uh, that's, you know, five, that's about $500 a day. That's maybe one to two fillings a day, one to two composites. Uh, maybe it's a couple of extra hygiene patients. Um, maybe it's somebody who needed some extra work that was waiting and now you can get them to do it. It's not that much to get you back at least till the end of the year. And we're hopeful that by the end of the year, more likely first, second quarter of 2021, that uh, we have a virus, uh, we have a, you know, a, a solution to this virus, uh, a medical solution. And, and as you know, having watched TV, they're working very, very hard on that. So make a financial plan, um, you know, make a six-month plan and a 12-month plan. Figure out where your money is going to come from. Are you getting an idle loan? We've talked about idle loans on this program before. You know, we like to use it as a last resort, but if you have no other sources of credit and you understand the limitations of what you can spend the money on and the risks, uh, not the risks, but, but all the rules you have to follow, um, it's 30 years, 3.75%, 150,000 bucks. And that will get you through most of these. Now, if we're talking a, you know, 15 office with, uh, you know, hundreds of employees, um, that's a different conversation. Uh, but the, the, you know, the, the, most of the dental offices that we deal with, um, can get through this with a 50 to a hundred thousand dollar deficit from where they were a year ago. And if someone said to me, you're going to have the worst pandemic that this country has seen in 100 years, hopefully for all of us, a once in a lifetime thing. And it's going to cost me $50,000. I'll take that deal all day long. So make your financial plan. Uh, you know, maybe what you end up doing is you add some hours. Uh, maybe you add a Saturday. Um, you know, I've said this before, my friend Gary Takis in his practice in Arizona, they lost 800 hygiene appointments. They figured out they had 14 Saturdays and they were able to make up a large chunk of those. Well, you know, nobody wants to work on a Saturday, but guess what, guys? You know, there's not a whole lot of football or baseball going on. And even and there is going to be baseball at the end of July, which I'm very excited about. But I'm not going to get to go see any of it at uh, Angel Stadium or Dodger Stadium here in Southern California. Uh, I can play golf. Um, probably not going to a movie anytime soon, although, you know, we got Netflix. So the point is, is that to get your business back to where you were, you know, make the investment and, sh you know, Work on Saturdays, and there are people that are working with, would appreciate it. If you've never been open on a weekend, it'll give you a great opportunity to see what it looks like. And I guarantee you, once your folks are back to work, you know, many of them might have a spouse that lost their job. We still have 35, 40 million people out of work. They might very much appreciate the opportunity to make a little extra money on a weekend. So it's something that you can do to make up, you know, some extra hours. Now, do we want to pay time and a half and go over eight hours? Uh, that's a decision you have to make. But if you have the demand and you can get them in and people like the, you know, five or six o'clock time slots and people will work, it's something you've got to look at. Talk to your team about all of this. Like I say, get your financing in place. If you have a line of credit, make sure it's solid. I mean, if God forbid we go through another wave here and things get worse again, cash is king. 
And landlords are probably not going to be as uh, nice as some of them have been the second time around. And banks may not be as nice. I mean, it, it's it. let's hope we don't have to have that conversation, folks. So do not cut anybody's salaries. I mean, that's something that business owners do. They, they cut salaries and they, and they don't, they don't market. Folks, the day that you stop marketing your business is the day your practice begins to die. So make a financial plan. Keep your team. Encourage your team. So that's the second thing I want to talk about that leads perfectly. Perfect segue, Arthur. Good job. Leadership. Nobody wants to talk about leadership. When I go to lecture at, at dental conventions around the country, I don't see courses on leadership. And if you do, there's not very many people in there because it's something that people are un- uncomfortable with. And I've talked to lots of incredible people who talk about leadership. My dear partner, Dr. Phil Potter, um, was a king of teaching leadership. And, you know, he'd always tell me the, the patient is ready, Arthur, not when you're ready. Not when I'm ready, but when they're ready. And, you know, the leadership that, that you guys need to show right now, and I will beat you over the head on that. I've done this three or four times in the last week. Teams want to be led. I can't tell you how many times I get the, the doctors say, well, they just won't, they just won't make the plan. They just won't be a good team. They won't do what needs to be done. I said, have you told them? Well, no. Why, why should I tell them? They know. They know what their job is. No, they don't. They need to be led. And if you have not done this, here is what I would suggest you do sometime next week. Get the team together. If you haven't been a leader, all right, if you haven't made a plan, you need to sit down, whether it's with your spouse, your CPA, your dental coach, whatever, and you say, okay, folks, We've been kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And I maybe haven't been the best leader, but I would like to change that today. Okay, I'm the one that that needs to make the plan. And here's what we're going to do. Number one, I want to let you know that you all have jobs. Your jobs are secure. I am committed to this dental practice like never before. This is a challenge, but this is a challenge that I love. We have an opportunity team to help people improve the quality of their lives. Very, very important. We'll talk about that in a minute. And here's what we're going to do. So I figured it out and I figured out that, that, you know, I was talking to our front office administration team and they think that our revenues are going to be down. I don't know, $200,000 for the year. We did 1.2. This year, we might do 1 million or we do 900,000. Uh, I mean, whatever the number is. And that's not going to be a surprise to anybody. And, you know, we've brought everybody back and we're going to have a shortfall. There's no question about it. Um, I'm going to take care of it. It's handled. I've got the finances handled. But what I want to talk about is what can we do to make sure that we see as many patients as we can in the environment that we have, that we're all comfortable. And once they get comfortable, and this is what we're going to do. Well, maybe is a great time to look at some different procedures that you might, you know, you might want to do. You've been thinking about adding in, you know, uh, Invisalign or ClearCorrect in your practice forever. Uh, you know, everybody's been back now probably two, four, some six weeks. 
And you can be looking into some of this. I mean, do we want to look at an investment? You might think I'm insane, right? Do we want to look at an investment in digital scanning or CAD CAM? Uh, it's, uh, you know, all these things we've been talking about. If we can save some money and create a better, you know, a better environment for the patients. Again, I'm not saying it's right for everybody, but you want to lead your team. And once you start leading your team and, and here's what you do, you say, I maybe haven't been the best leader of this team, but you know what? I'm going to change that. And I don't have all the answers. Nobody does. Bill Gates doesn't have all the answers. Roger Smith, who ran General Motors for all those years, didn't have all the answers. Warren Buffett doesn't have all the answers. Nobody who has ever run a business, including yours truly, who ran one for 33 years, my team was about 10 people. I had people that were with me over 30 years, and they knew that I led. Did I do it perfectly? Probably not. But I led and they knew that I had a plan. You need to have a plan and you need to say to them, folks, I need your help. Those might be the best four words that you've ever said to your team, which is I need your help. You ask people for their help. If you start saying, Susie, you're just terrible. You're not scheduling and you're not taking care of filing insurance claims and financial assurances. Look at our accounts receivable. Okay, you're beating on your team. But if you say, listen, I value all of you. You all come with great ideas. I need your help. The four most important words you might ever say to your dental team, I need your help. The respect that you will gain will go a long, long way. Reiterate your commitment to practice and be decisive. You know, you are the final say and you let them know. Say, hey, listen, there's going to be some decisions we're going to make in this practice. We're going to consult. We're going to talk about them. I'm going to get your input. But I want to make it very clear that I'm the one that makes the final decision. It's my practice. I'm going to listen to you. And please, please, please do not be offended if your idea is not one that I take. It's not personal. And it's all business. And I want you to keep bringing me your ideas. Now, if your team thinks that you're blowing up the practice, they'll probably let you know. But most dentists are reasonably good at making business decisions that they need to make. So that's probably not going to be a problem. You know, you don't want to change a whole lot. Again, don't cut their salaries. Please, please, please don't cut their salaries. Um, you know, and be empathetic to the to the team and the patients. I was on a call with our with our CPA uh, firm team. Uh, we were on a Microsoft Teams call, and I made the comment. I said, folks, we have to be empathetic to our doctors right now. They need us more than ever. They need us to listen. They need our help. They need our advice. Um, I have done probably 30 to 35 webinars all over Southern California. They've all been from right here in this chair in South Orange County, California. But uh, it's kind of scary when you're talking into a computer and there's 900 people listening to you. It's, it's kind of scary. Um, but, uh, you know, I, and I've, I've been uh, I've been preaching this whole thing about empathy and empathy to your patients and empathy to your team. We're not talking sympathy. We're talking empathy. And we've all been in this together. Everybody knows somebody 
who's either had COVID-19 or, God forbid, has died from COVID-19. We all know people about that. And the more empathetic you are, the better. Uh, the more that you can let your, your patients know about the safety of your office. Um, I mean, we say, listen, we've been doing this. We just decided to dress differently because we wanted to, we wanted to surprise you. I mean, whatever it is, once they see the care that you take for their safety, they'll go back and tell all their friends. These patients want to come and see you, but the leadership part of this is so, so important. You know, I, I look at the different people that lecture on this stuff. Uh, I, I look at Paul Homily. I look at the Panky Institute. Uh, I look at, at wonderful consultants out there like Deborah Nash, uh, Bob Frazier, all, all my friends in dentistry who talk about leadership. And it's so, so important. It's never been more important than today. So please, if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't, uh, have the skills of a leader. You can take courses. You can take them through ADA, AGD. Send me an email. I'll send you some referrals of some courses. Um, you know, it's, it's really great. I mean, my friend Catherine Itell Bell, who's been on my podcast, talks about having courageous conversations, powerful, courageous conversations with team members and with patients. She's a master at it. So those are the types of people that you want to be associating with. So number two is leadership. I got three more for you. Communications and emphasis on complete care. So I've been preaching for 36 years, doctors, that when you go to a dental convention, don't go to cut a crown. Don't go to learn how to cut a crown. Don't go to learn about occlusion or the the new things going on in TMJ. Um, Go to courses of people who will teach you how to talk to your patients and what to say to your patients and how important that is. And communication skills are, in my opinion, the number one thing that you should be spending your time on, not only you, but your team. Because think about it. When I hung my shingle in 1985 uh, and I became a CPA, it was presumed that Art Wiederman knew how to prepare a tax return and knew how to do a financial statement. I did, and I'm still pretty good at it. After 44 tax filing seasons, I'm still pretty good at it. The laws have changed 150 million times, but I'm still really good at it. And people presume, because I say I'm a CPA, and I am a licensed CPA in the state of California and in the United States of America, um, that I know what I'm doing. But why do they come to see me? Do they come to see me because um, I'm really good looking? Probably not. I have a lot of hair. No. Um, I can sing well. My wife, Lynn, has told me if I am, if she ever catches me singing, she won't divorce me. She'll kill me. And I said, I believe that. And I've listened to myself sing and I would kill me too. They come to me because they trust me. My clients trust me and I care about them deeply and I want them all to be successful. And I've always been here for them. And that's what you need to be doing. So the communication, the empathy that you're showing to your patients, and, you know, the emphasis now, this, this COVID-19, as horrible as it's been, is an opportunity of a lifetime to promote 
absolute 100% complete care to your patients. And I, I mentioned my friend Paul Homley again, and, and we talked about this on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and it just really hits home, it, it, is that you, you need to be talking to your patients about their total health, which you needed to be doing before, their total health and their total uh, well-being. And, and what an opportunity to say to the patients, hey, you know, Mrs. Smith, uh, I have an ethical and moral and professional responsibility to provide the highest standard of care. Well, my ethical responsibility was way up here, and you put your hand way above your head. But now I have to jump up to it because everything is different. Uh, we have this horrible virus that we know what it does, and we know what it's capable of doing. Uh, and if 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 you get it, then you have pre-existing conditions. Uh, again, I've told you all I'm an asthmatic, uh, and um, you get this virus, and bad things can happen. So where does all disease start? It starts in the mouth. And, you know, if we can keep your mouth healthy, if we can make sure that all the issues in your mouth are taken care of, um, you have a much better opportunity to fight this COVID-19 if, God forbid, you ever get it. Because it's not going away. If we have a, a, a vaccination for it or a treatment for it, it's not going to go away. It, it doesn't say, oh, well, you got a vaccine. All right, I'll just kind of go back in my hole. It doesn't work that way. People are going to get it, you know, and if they get a vaccine, hopefully it will prevent them from getting it, but people will still get it. People get the flu sometimes, even if they get a flu shot. I mean, that's just how it works. This vaccine is just a lot more lethal than, in many cases, the flu. Sometimes it's not. If there's any MDs listening, please don't send me an email and tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not giving medical or dental advice. But, um, you know, if we can tell patients, if if you, you know, I have a, a, a better standard of care that I need, a higher standard that I now must adhere to, to protect you and your health. And, you know, you could even go on the internet and get some great statistics about all of this stuff. You know, what can we do? How can we, you know, how can we tell our patients, you know, some statistics about, you know, how dentistry helps keep people healthy and have a better chance of fighting this virus. And it's a golden opportunity to talk and educate your patients, because a lot of them don't know that. They don't know how all of this works. They don't know how disease works. So communication uh, is more and more and more important than it has ever, ever been. And, you know, caring about total health and making sure everybody understands that this is the safest place that you can go to. And, um, you know, we've got you covered. And we had you covered before. We now have you covered plus 10 or plus 20 or whatever you want to say. So that is number three. Number four. Number four. And this is the $64 question, folks. You need to start looking at your PPO and insurance relate your relationship with insurance. Um, I have for years been an advocate about reducing dependency on insurance. Many of my friends in the dental profession feel that way. Um, dental societies feel that way. We all know what dental insurance is. Dental insurance is a 
situation where a company is dictating the type of care that you give when you give it and how much you can get paid for it. Um, and it, it is something that dentists have been fighting for years and years and years. And, you know, insurance companies, it's interesting, insurance companies have been collecting premiums from their patients, I mean, from their, their customers all through this pandemic. They didn't stop collecting premiums, but they didn't have to pay a whole lot out in the last two or three months, did they? Did you hear them saying, oh, well, we're going to rebate your premiums? Okay. No, you, you didn't hear that. Auto insurance companies do that. They give you a 15 or 20% discount because you're driving less. But the, do the dental insurance companies give you, uh, give the patients a refund of their premiums for the month because they didn't go to the dentist? Nope. And in fact, there's some statistics that I've read out there that says the average patient will spend approximately $5,000 in five years on dental insurance, about $1,000 a year. And that sounds about right. Maybe 60, 70, 80 bucks a month. It depends on the plan you buy. Um, and they will get an average of about $3,600 of dental benefits over that five years. So the insurance company gets your $5,000 and they're paying out, um, you know, maybe 3,600 and they're making a profit of 1,400 or more because remember you have to pay some. So can you afford to continue to be in network with some of these plans? Now, obviously I would not and will not suggest to you tonight that tomorrow morning or Wednesday, when you hear this, Wednesday morning, when you hear this, that you walk into your office and say, I'm going to do what Art Wiederman said. I'm going to, we're going out of network with every plan today. That is not, I repeat, not what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is, is you have to now evaluate how much you're getting paid. You have higher costs in your business. Higher PPE costs. Uh, if you're in network with Delta Dental of California, I just told you, you get to add $10 if you submit under the, uh, the codes that we are, um, uh, you know, th that they have. And that's temporary. Your PPE costs are not going away anytime soon, folks. So you need to evaluate this. And, and what you need to do is you need to develop a plan. Uh, if you are going to go out of network, with some of these PPE, um, uh, PPP, PP, okay, so we have PPP, we have PPE, and we have PPO. So I think I'm just going to go crazy with all this stuff. And so I found a really cool resource on the internet. It's a company called Drop the PPO. Don't know anything about them, but I found this and it's really great. So Common questions patients ask when you go out of network and they, they're giving you a question and answer. I'm just giving you an example. Just, I want you thinking about this patient. Why did you go out of network with my insurance company staff? Your insurance company was not willing to pay benefits at a level where we can continue to provide the care that you are used to receiving from us. By changing our relationship with your insurance company, we can still utilize your benefits, but not without the restrictions we currently face as a provider. It allows you to still use the benefits you pay pay for while allowing us to provide patient care in a way that we feel good about and it's best for you. So then patient says, well, I, I see you're not going to be on my list of providers. Too bad I can't see you anymore. 
Well, you want to say, yes, you absolutely can. In fact, most patients have policies that give you the option to see whoever you want to see. You know, we have lots of patients who have the same plan that you do, and they're very, very happy with the results, uh, the financial results. And, and, you know, Susie is a master at the front desk of maximizing your benefits. So, well, geez, I hate to leave your office, but, you know, dentistry is expensive, and I, I, I just won't be able to afford you now. So, and again, these are the things that you want to be talking to a coach about, you know, how do you, how do you phrase this? Oh, okay. So, well, you know, Mrs. Smith, most patients have, they have plans that pay the same percentage of benefits, whether you're in or out of network, because the patients don't know how much they do or they don't pay. Although the insurance company would like you to believe that your options are limited to a list, there's a very good chance that your policy, whether you're in or out of network with us, might pay for 100% coverage on your cleanings as it does now. Uh, it's really confusing. So we can check on this for you. Why don't we get back to you and we'll tell you exactly what the, you know, what the plan allows for someone that goes out of network. Uh, I'll give you a call, you know, in the next couple of days with the details. So you can see how it'll work and we'll verify this so that there's no surprises. And we're going to take really, really good care of you, which is which is why you come here. So, you know, and then there's other questions that go on there. So the point is, is verbal skills. It's all about verbal skills. Uh, again, I mentioned my good friend, Gary Takis, who does this fantastic podcast, The Thriving Dentist Show. He bought a, they, he and his two dental partners in Arizona, if you haven't heard this story, bought a practice, oh God, five, six years ago. And it had 33 uh, they were in network with 33 plans. And over a period of three or four years, he got rid of all of them, every single one. Uh, I think their practice has grown tenfold. And they retained 84% of the patients. They were giving up 36% of their fees. Their average UCR was 64%. If you are on a PPO plan and you are receiving less then 75%. I'm not real happy with 75%. But if you're receiving 40, 50%, you, you, you're losing money. You might as well just hand the patient a check every time they come in. Don't have them pay you. You just pay them. And because you're losing money and it's, it's just, you, you're not going to make it long term. You're going to work harder. It, you're not going to work smarter. It provides an ethical issue. So, I would say one of the first things you need to do is sit down with your financial team and your dental coach. If you don't have one, I can refer you. There's many great ones out there. Many of them have been on this podcast. Um, and, and let's talk about this. Let's see, you know, how can we do this? If I'm getting 50% of UCR for an 1110 or a 2950 and I lose half the patients, half, I'm going to make the same amount of money if the other half stay at full fee and I'm going to work half as hard. Now, how does that sound? Sounds pretty good to me. So we need to look at this. The other thing you want to do is you want to look at, you know, things like an in, in office, um, you know, an in office, in, in, I'm sorry, in office membership plan. So you go to Mrs. Smith. Now you, you, you certainly can't do that with someone who's in network and they want to use their insurance. But once you start educating patients about how this works, you say, we have a plan in our office, Mrs. Jones, and the plan allows you to pay 
$299 a year that gets you two cleanings and x-rays and a couple bite wings and things like that, or whatever the plan is going to provide. And it allows you to receive any other services from our office uh, at a 10% courtesy. By the way, we don't give discounts. I don't know if I've ever said this on the podcast. We, I learned this at Pride 30 years ago. We don't give discounts. We give, you get a discount at Walmart or Target. You don't get a discount at a high quality dental office. Um, we give a courtesy. We're going to give you a, curt- a 5% senior citizen courtesy. We're going to give you a courtesy for paying cash. Well, you're going to get a 10 or 15, whatever you decide to give. And 10% seems to be the sweet spot from everything I've seen. We're going to give a 10% courtesy uh, to you for any other dental procedures that you have. Can you afford to do that? Heck yeah. Um, again, I, I, I use Gary because he's the poster child. He tells, he tells a story of, of one of the, of a business owner who had 100 employees. And he said, so you mean, you mean the, the owner says, you, you mean Gary, that if I write you a check now for $29,900, this was $299, um, I, I'm sorry, it was $299 a year. I said a month. It was a year, $299 a year. Um, if I write you a check for like $30,000 now, you're telling me that I'm done with my dental insurance? Uh-huh. Okay, I'll have the check over to you by 2 o'clock this afternoon. He just got 100 new patients. So the in-office membership plans are things that you should be taking a look at. But I will tell you, folks, PPOs, they are, you know, if you're not working with uh, – a PPO consultant. They're, it's really hard to negotiate with these insurance companies anymore. But the fact of the matter is, is that, um, you know, uh, you can play the game and try and get higher reimbursements and try and get from 57 to 62% on a, uh, a two surface composite and lose money. And so you need to start looking very, very seriously at whether you are going to stay in network with any of these plans. Some of these plans pay really well. If you have a plan that's paying you 90% of UCR, don't touch it. That's good. That's really, really good. So that's number four. My final, final key to success is you must start looking at the metrics inside your practice. Um, 80 to 90% of you use, uh, and again, I don't endorse products on this show, you you either use Dentrex or EagleSoft or Open Dental. Those are, I'd say, 80 to 90% of the dentists that I work with use those programs and 10 to 20% use something else. And there's a lot of programs out there, but Dentrex and EagleSoft are out there. And about five to seven years ago, companies started coming out with these programs um, that allow you to evaluate the metrics. So, for example... These programs, and again, I don't endorse product on this show. So if you are looking for a recommendation for one of these great programs that are out there, send me an email at artwiedermangmail.com and I'll give you a couple of, couple of recommendations. Um, basically, you know, I can sync these programs with Dentrex, EagleSoft, or Open Dental. Uh, and then what I can look at is I can look at, for example, what percentage of my patients are being reappointed after every hygiene visit? Your front office is going to tell you all day long, oh, everybody, everybody leaves here with an appointment. 
Well, the numbers don't lie. So we synced and found out that the national average is probably somewhere between 55 and 65 percent of the patients leave with a future appointment. Now, we understand that it's really hard for a firefighter who's on 48, not 48 hours, and they don't know their schedule from month to month, or it's really hard for an airline pilot to schedule, and maybe it's hard for a college student who's going away to college to schedule, but for the average person who has a job from eight to five, four, five days a week, four days a week, whatever it is, it's not so hard to schedule. Um, I would like to know what your case percentage, case acceptance is. I would like to know how many of your patients have future appointments scheduled. We, we had a practice. I looked at one the other day and they had 1700 active patients and 800 of those patients who had been in the last 18 months did not have any kind of a future appointment scheduled. What is your percentage of hygiene as compared uh, in the 4,000 codes? Um, uh, non-periodontal, um, non-surgical periodontal maintenance, as my friend Kathleen Johnson calls it. Um, and, you know, non-surgical periodontal maintenance should be one-third of your hygiene. And man, I've talked to so many doctors. Oh, my hygienist just, oh, she doesn't have time to probe and she doesn't have time to, to, to get the assistant to come in and chart and, and to really talk about it. And, you know, most of them don't need it anyway. Well, a lot of them do. And it's a liability issue, folks. And if I have a hygienist from a business standpoint that's generating $130 an hour for hygiene production, but they could be generating 250 or $500 an hour if they're doing a couple of quadrants and it's helping the patient and it's keeping their mouth clean. But you as the leader have to tell them this. You have to say, Hey, um, Heidi at the, at, at, in the hygiene department, we've worked together for 25 years and, and you're wonderful. I, I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it, but everything is different now. We've got these links between heart disease and um, periodontal disease. We've got COVID-19. We really have to buckle down on how we look at periodontal disease. And I know you've been a bit hesitant about it, and I want to talk to you about it. And it may be time, maybe Heidi just doesn't want to do it. Uh, or maybe Heidi says, you know, Doc, I've been, Dr. Dr. Wiederman, I've been thinking about this, and, and you're right. And we need to do that for our patients. And, and, and maybe she'll change, or maybe she won't. But looking at the metrics of your practice through these metrics programs that are out there, is something that will find opportunities. Some of these programs have an incredible morning huddle. I mean, one of them has a morning huddle piece that will tell me what is, I mean, with a click of a button in front of the morning huddle, in front of the team, how much do I have left? Um, you know, how much, how much does, uh, what did we diagnose for this patient the last time? One of the cool things about it is, is, is on one of them, you can actually tell what family members have not been in in the last 18 months. So when Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Williams comes in and, 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 uh, oh, her name is Sheila. Oh, hi, Sheila. How are you? Uh, how's your husband, Bill? Uh, how are the boys doing? You know, I, I, we were looking on the computer this morning and, and, and we noticed that he hasn't been in and the boys haven't been in. Are, are they okay? You know, we're, we're really worried about make sure that, you know, with all this COVID stuff going on that they get taken care of. 
And that opens up an opportunity for three more patient visits for you. And and so the morning huddle is, so if you're not having a morning huddle, I will come and get you. I will come and haunt you. I will send my children after you. You really don't want that, folks. So looking at the metrics of your program. So my five keys to put a bow on this. Number one, make a financial plan. Number two, work on your leadership skills. Lead your team. You need to do that. Number three, communication and emphasizing on complete care in your office. Number four, take a look at your relationship with contracting with insurance and PPO plans. And number five, look at and use the metrics programs that are out there to find profit holes. I always say to doctors, here's my line if you want to work with me. Well, doctor, if I can find you an extra $100,000 of revenue that you didn't think you had, would that be worthwhile? You know? Yeah, it would be. So everybody needs to be safe. Everybody needs to have empathy. Uh, you are all wonderful, wonderful clinicians. Keep learning. Never stop learning. Never stop marketing your business. The day you stop marketing the business is the day your business starts to die. I learned that years and years ago. And there are wonderful people out there. The dental profession has, has folks that work at, you know, attorneys and consultants and marketing specialists and all these wonderful people. I had Christy Bolts on here. And, and I just sit there and I, I don't have to say much because Christy just is a, a wealth of knowledge. Unbelievable, unbelievable woman. Uh, just incredible. I love her to death and she does great things to help her clients. And, and there's people out there like that. Um, so anyway, so those are my five keys. I just thought, yeah, I was thinking about what did I want to do for this week's podcast. And I said, yeah, I, I want to talk to you. I just want to, you and me. So let me give you some information as we wrap this whole thing up. Uh, again, if you want to call me at my office in Southern California, I'm at 714-505-9000. Um, if you uh, want to email me, email me at artwiederman at gmail.com. We have our six-month um, financial planning spreadsheet to plan your finances out. Uh, we have a 24-week spreadsheet uh, that we use uh, to make sure that you're going to spend at least 60% of the money that you're getting on um, uh, on payroll costs. Uh, we, we have those two tools for you. Um, as we get past the tax deadline, I'm going to probably be putting together a, a formal tracking web uh, sheet so that when you go to file for the forgiveness, we get it all tracked and just hand it over to the bank in a silver platter. Um, so don't have that yet, but I'll have that in the coming weeks. Uh, go to our website uh, for Decisions in Dentistry, www.decisionsindentistry.com. Go to our website, I forgot to mention at the beginning, www.hmwccpa.com. We are merging in about three weeks with a wonderful, wonderful firm, Ide Bailey. And I am so excited to tell you when we merge with them about all the wonderful resources and things we'll be able to do that we just didn't have the, the horsepower to do. Um, we'll have some of their folks on our, our podcast coming up uh, down the road. And finally, if you do not have a dental-specific CPA, um, it, this is the time, folks. You, you need to do this. You need They'll help you out with the finances and the financial planning. Don't forget you got to make your first two estimated tax payments by July 15th. They'll help you with that. Go to www.adcpa.org. Click on the members link. And uh, 
you'll find a member. And when you go onto the HMWC website, uh, you can uh, go to uh, resources, go to podcasts. You'll see all of the podcasts. We're over 80 right now. It's, it's unbelievable how this podcast has grown. I mean, thousands of people every week are listening to this thing. And it's just, I'm so honored and humbled by all of you who have been so kind with all your kind words and your kind thoughts. And I've been able to help hundreds and hundreds of dentists over the past 12 weeks, uh, as have all of our members of the Academy of Dental CPAs. We've got, uh, uh, you know, just so many of them have, have done great, con- great contributions to dentistry with webinars. Uh, our wonderful president, Alan Schiff, has been doing the 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 webinars for the American Dental Association and uh, yeah I could mention everybody's name in here but um, you know we've got a fantastic group of men and women who are here to help you and and, and here to make sure that we get through this and and I'm going to leave you with my five word saying that I say every single week failure is not an option work on your practice work on some of the things we talked about today. I love every single one of you. I love the dental profession. I am honored to serve you as are we at the Academy of Dental CPAs at HMWC and soon to be Ide Bailey. And God bless every single one of you. Please stay safe, stay healthy. And that is it for this edition of the Art of Dental Finance and Management with Art Wiederman CPA. We will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.